Hello, and welcome to the Florida State of Recruiting podcast. We are the three stars. We're presented by Tomahawk Nation. My name is Tim Allenball, and I am joined by two of Tomahawk Nation's finest, David Stout. Hey, David, how are you, sir? Hey, Tim. Hey, Josh. Josh Pick is also joining us. He's been sick. He's been under the weather, but for you, the fans, he is toughing it out. Hey, Josh, how are you, buddy? What's up, boys? <laughs> yeah, this it is going to be Josh's yeah. flu game. <laughs> it's a flu game. There you go, MJ, Josh Pick. All, all of a sudden, people are like, man, this is like the best podcast they've done. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, guys, I wish we were actually putting this out uh, like Tuesday night so I could see say it was the night before early signing day, but we're, we're coming out a little bit earlier than that. Early signing day is this Wednesday. We've been hyping it up for several months now, almost a little bit of a countdown. And uh, Florida State's poised to do some big things. Uh, so we're excited to talk about that. We're going to break down the weekend that was, talk about potential coaching changes and the effects that might have. But uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, this weekend, Josh, correct me if I'm wrong, we had two official visitors. visitors. We had four-star offensive lineman Julian Armella and full, our four-star cornerback uh, slash safety defensive back uh, Azariah Thomas. And then I, I think also uh, three-star safety Juco Marquise Gilbert. Josh, anybody I missed on the official visitor list from this past weekend? Well, those two that we want to talk about right off the bat are Julian Armella and Azariah Thomas. And, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness, Florida State making moves with those two, which is great to see. Um, a couple of commits that were down uh, are, in Daniel Lyons' case, it was up from Miami. Uh, defensive That's tackle right. commit Daniel Lyons. Um, offensive lineman Quayshon Sapp, who was on an unofficial just to kind of come hang out, do a photo shoot, and try and seal the deal with Armella. And then um, uh, graduate transfers, Oregon Ducks wide receiver Micah Pittman and Albany defensive end Jared Verse. See, see, Josh, this is why I go to you, because I, I, I remember three names and you rattled off like eight others. So uh, it was a big weekend. And, David, I want to start with Julian Armella, only because you have had Julian Armella hype train in your, like, Tomahawk Nation bio since like 2000, I think 17 or something like that. Uh, Armella made his official visit and the pictures that were uh, that we got that other sites got, you know, the knock that I heard on Armella was that the kid was out of shape. That kid did not look out of shape at all. Uh, he, he looks like somebody that maybe not an instant impact, but, but could get into the rotation that first year. Yeah, this, this was a really important weekend because, and uh, Julian Armella even said this to multiple outlets, he already has a really good sense of where he's going to be utilized at Florida State, how they're going to you know, take care of him and all that kind of stuff. This one was the visit where Mama came up, and this one was all about Mama making sure that she liked what she saw, um, you know, making sure that she got time with the head coach and the assistant coaches got a good feel for campus. And by all accounts, she is very, very happy with what she saw. And um, yeah, Armella, he looks good, man. He, he definitely has shed some weight. There's no doubt about that. He did mention that Florida state really likes him as a swing tackle prospect, but he did specifically say left tackle, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, But it's, you know, as a swing tackle, he could play either side. And then he did mention too, um, that he wants to cross train so he can slide inside in some situations. So 
really, really like to see that because that speaks a lot to having, you know, a team first attitude. I'll play wherever I'm needed um, kind of initially. And then, you know, once you cross train him, once he sees time at different positions, then you can really evaluate where his future is going to be as you get in more of the, you know, the commitments into the rotation and everything. But yeah, Armella is a kid that I fully expect to be in the rotation um, probably no later than, you know, halfway through next season, uh, starting to see some time, not just in garbage time either. I think he can help you pretty quickly. Yeah. And he's a kid that's totally transformed his body in the last year. And we've been talking about it for a month now, I guess, ever since Ed Ogeron got fired that Florida state was a team to beat for Julian Armel. And I'm just feeling better and better about that, that, uh, choice that we made a month ago or whatever. Yeah. I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, Josh, cause I'm going to come to you guys with kind of some final predictions at the end of the podcast so uh uh but definitely good news from armella let's go to the uh the next big name azaria thomas from niceville right down the road from from uh florida state's campus this was a guy david i think you and i probably like in november of 2020 we did like a five names to know for the 2022 class and azaria thomas was on there uh and then as the year went on, it was just like uh, Florida State has no shot. Florida State has no chance. And I was kind of looking back at that going, oh, man, maybe that wasn't a name we shouldn't have mentioned. But uh, all of a sudden, uh, all, all the schools that Thomas was looking at have new coaches. I don't know what Florida is doing with, with uh, Billy Napier um, and, and their class, but Florida State might, for lack of better words, have fallen into an absolute stud, David. Yeah, this Azaria Thomas is a kid who really started popping as a sophomore. He got on my radar and he was kind of growing like a weed, but he didn't lose any of his speed or athleticism. And when you see that, you're like, oh, my gosh, this this kid has potential to be something special. And junior year came up. We did that article and I was like, this, this is one of my favorite athletes in the entire cycle. And you're right. It just, he seemed to just kind of get enamored with the SEC schools and Georgia tech was always going to be in the picture because they have his older brother and this recruitment, you know, we've been saying on the boards time and time again, it's about damn time that FSU finally had some luck and could benefit from some other programs, changing coaches. And the Azariah Thomas recruitment is a masterclass in persistence. And so sometimes people will ask the question, well, you know, why, why do you keep recruiting a kid if, if you're running in like fifth place or sixth place or something like that? You know, why even waste the resources? Why not put time into another prospect? You know, we get that. It makes sense in some cases, but in cases like this, a perfect storm hit to where literally three of his top four schools changed head coaches. And then the fourth one, the main reason they were in it was the family connection and his older brother ended up declaring for the NFL draft. So literally it was a perfect storm. And all of those things considered, here's FSU who has consistently been talking to him, not pushing hard, but just staying there, reminding him of the consistency of the program. And boom, all these things happen. They put the full court press on beautifully timed. They go to visit him at a school get him to commit to an official visit. He comes down for the official visit, absolutely loves what he sees. And uh, Florida State is all of a sudden going from fifth place to first place in this recruitment. And it is awesome to see because he is a stud athlete. It, Josh, this is somebody, you know, a month ago, Florida State would have, would have not expected. But now talk, just kind of speak to how this elevates that DB class even more. Yeah, I mean, all of a sudden you're talking – 
Travis Hunter, Sam McCall, and Azariah Thomas. It's like <laughs> just an absolute only three guys, but it's a grand slam. I mean, that's just an amazing job by Mike Norvell and that Marcus Woodson and that staff. And 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 it gives you hope that Mike Norvell and the staff is doing a better job developing relationships in Florida too. That these coaches trust sending their kids to places like Florida State now. Yeah, um, the the other official visitor not committed to Florida State was uh, Marquise Gilbert. Uh, we'll get to to verse here in a minute. Um, right now, Josh, I think it's safe to say not somebody we expect in Florida State's class. No, and it's kind of an interesting situation. It seemed like this uh, leading up to this weekend, and even during the official visit, things were turning towards Florida State. And the only thing I can think of is that Florida State kind of said, "You know, we like you, but." we think it'd be best for you to choose one of your other schools. And all of a sudden things are kind of seemingly winning towards Auburn. He's supposed to choose later tonight. And we'd expect the Auburn Tigers to be that choice. Yeah. Uh, David earlier, uh, I guess, I think even before the weekend hit uh, uh, portal transfer, Jared verse defensive end out of Albany was, was on campus. And I don't know if anybody else has watched his film, but uh, it's it's insane, and I think it was. Um, I think I heard on one of the earlier podcasts. I think it was it was maybe Josh Newberg or somebody took credit to them, mentioned that the Florida State staff earlier in the season was watching Syracuse game film to prepare, and, and actually it might have been Bud, but whoever said this, but um, they couldn't stop focusing on Jared Verse at Albany and how he was just destroying all of Syracuse's plays. Uh, this is a kid that had a great visit with, uh, I, I think, Jermaine Johnson and Keir Thomas spoke to him. The staff spoke to him. Uh, this was a, a, grand, a Grand Slam type visit. Obviously, he hasn't committed yet, and we'll see what happens there. But, David, this was a, an important visit for Florida State uh, if they want to have uh, an instant impact at defensive end next year. It really is. And, and FSU is involved in, as far as non-quarterback transfer portal kids, Miles Frazier and Jared Verse are probably the two hottest names on the transfer portal list, as evidenced by the fact they literally get a new offer from a, from a power program like every day. It's incredible. I mean, Jared Verse has been picking up offers right and left. He just got one from Miami and then um, USC with Lincoln Riley just made him a priority today. And so he's truly blowing up. But the cool thing about Verse is originally he was only going to be at FSU for one day, maybe even just an afternoon, but some things got changed around and they really started pushing and they were able to get him on an overnight visit. So he ended up staying just under the equivalent of two days, which is longer than he's spent in any other program. He's kind of doing a blitz, um, a blitzkrieg around the country to visit different schools and um, <laughs> I keep seeing people commenting and, and trying to compare him. Is this another Marcus Kushney situation? No, no, it is absolutely not. He is really, really talented versus a kid who immediately gets into the defensive end rotation. Um, I'm not quite sure which side they like him at yet, um, but he's going to be in the rotation. He's an immediate impact player uh, and someone that FSU has clearly prioritized very, very, very hard lately. Um, and so it'll be interesting if they can get him uh, to kind of shut things down a little early when he's still landing all these awesome offers. That's going to be a big storyline to watch. He'd be a hell of an addition. Yeah, he's got a great college-ready frame for this level, and it tells you a lot when Mike Norvell takes the lead in recruitment, and he's done so with Burr. So I think that tells you where Florida State's priority is with him. 
Uh, we also had on campus Daniel Lyons uh, and securing up that commitment. I think the important thing to call out there is that it was Daniel Lyons and Daniel Lyons only. No Dante Anderson, his teammate. Uh, that, that There was some thought or smoke that he would show up and would Florida State push for him. And I, I think we can all safely close that book that Dante Anderson will not be uh, somebody that Florida State's looking to add. Also, Quayshon Sapp. Uh, somebody that was a little shaky on his early signing looks like that's going to go through. Uh, Josh, again, anybody else that I, I overlooked there from this past weekend? Everybody's favorite team, the Oregon Ducks graduate transfer, Micah Pittman. Oh, there you go, Micah Pittman, who also, if you saw his uh, his pictures, already has his own symbol that he had in his shorts, had his own logo. Uh, that's pretty impressive. I'll be honest, guys. I don't know what to think about Micah Pittman. I don't know if he's somebody that is a – is he like another Pookie Wilson or Pookie Wilson? Is he a better elite-level receiver? I honestly am unsure, David. You're the receiver guy. How do you feel about Micah Pittman? Well, he certainly has the uh, look-at-me factor with his own logo and everything. But um, he's a kid – so – we haven't really gotten to see everything, what he can do. If you go back and look at his Oregon film, um, a lot of the games he has played, he's played through injury and they also had a pretty um, unstable quarterback situation there. Um, So people are naturally comparing him to Andrew Parchment. Um, I will say that Pittman is definitely a better prospect than Andrew Parchment was. Um, I never was in the group that thought Andrew Parchment was going to be a a true number one wide receiver. Just never saw it. Um, Pittman, I think, has that potential, but he's going to have to be healthy to see that. And that's the big question mark is can he get healthy? Um, As of right now, I think he would probably be a guy you could bring in and probably third or fourth when he steps on campus. Um, once he starts working with, with the quarterbacks and stuff, um, not necessarily a guaranteed starter right away, but I think he's somebody who could work into the role of, of a starting wide receiver. Um, but he's not a sure thing. He's not a sure bet. That's, that's, um, he's not like a, uh, Theo Weiss or a Jadon Hazelwood or, you know, any of those kinds of guys. Um, I actually personally like Chambers, the FIU wide receiver better but it seems like FSU has uh, moved on from that recruitment. So um, Pittman is one, that, and we'll talk more about this in a little bit when we talk about Kenny Dillingham, but uh, Pittman is one that Kenny Dillingham is the connection with FSU. And so depending on what happens with Kenny Dillingham, you could see that impacts where FSU stands with Pittman. Josh, with transfer spots being like a, at a scarcity at times, is this somebody you think Florida State should use one of their transfer spots on? Yeah, I think you look at his ranking coming out of high school, his bloodlines, um, and his maturity level. Like, he's not a kid that was looking to get out of Oregon immediately just because things weren't going his way. Like, he said, like, hey, I want to try and stick this out. I want to stick this out. And then, for whatever reason, Oregon didn't want to pass the ball at all. And so he finally said, okay, I've got to move on. And I think that I just think he's a more mature, more talented version of an Andrew Parchment. And I do think that he's the guy that Florida State thinks would be an immediate starter as a number one or number two guy. And that's why they're pursuing him. And as for Tyrese Chambers, I just wonder if maybe he thought more highly of himself than Florida State thought. And they just figured, well, let's move on because he's not going to be our number one. That's the only thing I can think there is because there was obviously due diligence done. Ron Dugan's visited with him. They talked to him quite a bit. 
and then all of a sudden they're not talking to him anymore. And I, I think it, I, it might have been a situation where, he, like, what do you want from your final season of college? And he goes, I want to be the guy. Okay, well, you're not going to be the guy at Florida State, so we're going to move on. And, and I do think that it just gives Florida State more options. All of a sudden you start, you know, Malik McLean doesn't have to be your number one. And you, you bring in a Destin Hill, hopefully, and maybe Kevin Coleman. Who knows how much you see Travis Hunter there. And all of a sudden you move some of those guys like Pokey Wilson come, goes from a number two to a number five or number six receiver. All of a sudden that depth, that depth in that room gets incredible. So four visits I want to highlight uh, for Florida State commits and targets, not uh, at Tallahassee this weekend. Uh, first off, let's go down south to, to Mario and Miami. Uh, two names there. First one, defensive end, former Florida State commit, Nigel at Kelly. Uh, David, I, I think this is, this is writings on the wall. Kelly's going to end up at Miami as much as I would love to see him at Florida State. This is a kid that uh, was interested in Oregon, obviously liked Mario. Mario goes to Miami, and it, similar to the Bassaint, I think this was a kid looking for a reason, and he got his reason. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with how FSU handled this recruitment because I think they were very upfront with him throughout. I think they were upfront with his mother. Um, they didn't go whole hog at him. They didn't make him a ton of promises to get him to commit again. Um, that again, they were just consistent and they were like, you know, you know what we're about. We're going to be here. Uh, looks like they're going to finish second to Miami and that's fine. Um, Kelly is one. I would not be surprised to see enter the portal in a couple years. Certainly wish him well every time he plays except for Florida state. But, um, to be honest, I, I'm not sad to see him commit somewhere else. I'll just leave it at that. Josh, the other name down at Miami, and this not to get way ahead of ourselves, I, I think Dillingham's going to have an impact here, is five-star wide receiver Kevin Coleman. Josh, this is somebody, I guess, after the Notre Dame game, after the summer, we all thought he was potentially a silent to Florida State, somebody that was going to come here after the slow start of the season. Uh, Oregon got a lot of traction with him, and then, of course, Mario leaves and goes to Miami. He goes down there this weekend. Josh, how are you feeling about uh, Kevin Coleman and what's going to happen there? Well, I think it's all dependent on what uh, Kenny Dillingham does. If, if Dillingham stays at Florida State, I think Coleman ends up a null. Unless the uncertainty just gets to him and he, you know, he's not sure what Dillingham's doing before Wednesday and decides to go elsewhere, be that Miami or Southern Cal or whatever. But I still feel good about Kevin Coleman, assuming that uh, Kenny Dillingham stays. And just one point on that Kelly recruitment, it just shows you once again that Mike Norvell and the staff have a great eye for talent because – when they accepted Nigel Kelly's commitment, he was a three-star, and now he's a top 100 player. So it's kind of the same situation with the Travion Williams. Like, they got on to him, they got him committed, and then he just totally blew up. Yeah, I, I really hope the Coleman one works out in Florida State's way because he's, he's definitely a, a wide receiver room trans, transformer. And, David, I know we've gone on and on about Coleman. Uh, but – Unfortunately, as you and I were kind of talking about beforehand, we were finally going into early signing day looking like everything was going to go Florida State's way, and then the Dillingham news started firing up. So, David, to that point, uh, Coleman's a little bit up in the air. Yeah, and it's, it's frustrating because it looked like FSU was in a really good spot. Um, I, I'll be honest. I'll be kind of surprised if he does end up at Miami because Miami is really late to the party on this. and. I think to my knowledge, this was his first time on Miami's campus. 
Um, and I understand like, you know, leaving the last impression or whatever, it's fresh on your mind, but, um, I, you know, I always got the sense that he really, really liked Oregon as a program, not that it was just all about Cristobal. Um, and so, I don't know. I, I think if he does end up at Miami, I, I think there's some nefarious things afoot. But um, yeah, the Dillingham situation, there's there's three names that you really have to watch with Dillingham. And we've talked about two of them. Um, and that is Kevin Coleman. And that's Micah Pittman. I think he is the direct connection to both of those guys. And the third one, um, who we do not expect FSU to land, but any any semblance of a, of a chance you had with him would be gone, is uh, Javante Barnes, the running back. Um, as of right now, I think it's going to be either USC, uh, or well, I think it's going to be USC. But, um, you know, if, if Dillingham were to leave, then maybe Oregon could get in the fold there with him. But uh, those three names are the big ones. I don't think it would impact A.J. Duffy. Um, I certainly don't think it would impact any of the other offensive players. And so those are the three names to kind of keep an eye on, but I really hope Coleman works out because he, he would be a really nice fit in FSU's offense, but he would be a game changer on special teams. And FSU is desperate for that. And, and Barnes, as you mentioned, is from Las Vegas. He visited uh, USC this past weekend. So they're obviously in it, but uh, Oklahoma with DeMarco Murray as a running back coach is a team to watch for there as well. So uh, before I get to the other two names, David, you kind of you kind of ripped open the uh, the the sore here. Kenny Dillingham being considered for the offensive coordinator job at Oregon, following his uh, former uh, former coaching friend and 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 I think off field friend as well, Dan Lanning, uh, over there from Georgia. Uh, you kind of mentioned the big names that would be impacted there, but I, I think just for a second, Josh, let's kind of talk as a program, as a whole, if Florida state were to lose Kenny Dillingham, what kind of impact are we talking about here? Because he's, he's the vocal guy. He's a recruiting guy. Um, is this somebody they could easily replace? I don't think so. I mean, Mike Norvell has shown a knack for promoting and finding coaches that do a great job and continuing to get other jobs, but say what you will about Kenny Dillingham. The guy is young, he's energetic and he can get after it on the recruiting trail. And I just, you know, Florida State's got some nice pieces in the building, but nobody that can replace Kenny Dillingham, in my opinion. Yeah, now that would that would be a tough loss because you saw the video of how emotional he got. He really, really has a good connection with his players. But I'll tell you, if, if I'm Mike Norvell, I think what it comes down to is if, if he goes to Oregon, it means that he wanted full control over an offense, full play calling responsibility, all that kind of stuff. Um, and he wants to be able to be closer to his recruiting connections that are all in Arizona. If it's about money, then if I'm Mike Norvell, all I'm doing is saying, okay, here's their offer, here's our offer. You don't pay state income tax here. You pay a lot of state income tax there to the tune of probably about a hundred grand difference each year. Really not that hard of a choice, brother. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see what his motivation is but if he does take that Oregon job, you have to assume that Lanning is giving him full control of the offense in that situation. Not to mention the state of Oregon sucks. <laughs> yeah, they, I, I appreciate Oregon because they're the, they, I think they're the only team, to my knowledge, who displays the number of national titles they won on their helmets. That big fat O. And we're getting, we're getting deep into the Oregon talk here. Uh, if Dillingham were to move, I, I think, David, I think you and I 
or it might have been me and Coach AB. We talked about this last year. I, I fully expected Atkins to be the next the next guy to be the offensive coordinator. I, I think we we recorded a podcast talking about that uh, some time ago, and I don't think that's changed. Alex Atkins will probably get promoted to offensive coordinator. It's Mike Norvell's show, but uh, Atkins does have some play calling uh, experience from some of his past stops, and it'll it'll be curious what happens in that QB. Uh, spot does does Tokars get promoted or does he go with Kenny out to Oregon and, and Mike's got to find somebody new so David it'll be interesting to see what happens there but I think us and everybody else kind of think that's the natural progression that's going to be there if Dillingham were to leave yeah I think the only deviation you might see on that is promote Alex Atkins to a co-offensive coordinator role and I think Mike Norvell would only do that if he's looking at a target to come in to replace Dillingham um, who you would have to give that title to in order to justify the pay increase or whatever, you know, whether that's a, you know, wish casting here, maybe it's a Juwan Sider who he goes out and gets, and, you know, all of a sudden you make him the running backs coach, you move Yak over to wide receivers, uh, don't renew Dugan's contract, and you throw the, the running game coordinator co-OC position title for Sider to get him down here. You know, that's the only thing I could think of that would, that would maybe change that, but you're right. It's Norvell's offense. Um, and he may allow the other guys to call plays at times, but he's going to be involved no matter what. Right. Should have known that David was going to get a Juwan Sider reference in tonight. Then. Hey man, you know me, make it happen. Well, we'll see what happens there. Uh, let's jump back to uh, other visits to, to, to know about uh, Devon Mortimer, uh, newly four-star uh, on the composite visited Louisville after visiting West Virginia the, the week prior. Uh, this is an interesting thing. I mean, I think we still expect Mortimer to come into the class, but Josh, this isn't something that you can ignore that he is definitely looking around. No, he's uh, I'm not really sure what's going on there with Mortimer. Um, I know that Dillard kind of seemed like they were the staff there was kind of shopping him around all season, even though he was committed to Florida state. And that that's not something you love to see, especially with, how the Nigel e. Kelly recruitment's already gone, but uh, Louisville and West Virginia the last couple weekends for a guy that's supposedly 100% committed to Florida State and locked in. I think he told that to 247 Zach Blostein, who does a great job over there. And uh, I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't be a massive loss if you landed Kevin Coleman, but if you if you miss out on Mortimer and Kevin Coleman, all of a sudden you're in trouble in that wide receiver spot. Yeah, Mortimer – He's uh, he needs to be careful with this kind of stuff, because if you tell the staff that you're 100 percent committed and then you go take a visit, you're not 100 percent committed. And so um, I don't know, I would just really advise him or any other recruits who are in his situation. Be careful saying stuff like that, because, um, you know, it's well documented that FSU has struggled with wide receiver recruiting of late, which which could very well manifest in a, in a coaching change in January. But um that doesn't mean that you're just entitled to a spot at FSU and you can go play around with other schools either. So, you know, I hope they hold on to him because he's another one I think that can make a difference in the return game. He's lightning in a bottle and had a really, really good senior season. Another great example of um, early prospect identification by Mike Norvell and co. And now he's a four star, but uh, be careful there. Be careful when you do that kind of stuff. And I gave a shout out to Blosin. I've got to give a shout out to our guy, Brett Nevitt, who was on the ground getting some, Awesome pictures this weekend for recruiting, and uh, Brett does a great job for Tom Nation. Make sure you guys follow him on Twitter, Brett PN. 
I think the uh, the thing that stands out to me about Mortimer is Florida State's return game was so awful. <laughs> it's almost like he could treat Florida State as badly as he wants in some ways because they're they're so desperate for what he can bring to the team. I know that's not truly the case, but sometimes you feel that way. So we'll see what happens with Mortimer. Uh, other name is Antavius uh, Woody, Tay Woody was at Auburn this weekend. He also announced that he is not going to be signing on early signing day. I think there's been some rumors about grades and stuff, but also um, also saw on, on, on the piece that he might be more interested in the defensive side of the ball than the offensive side of the ball. Uh, but he's planning on, on taking visits like in to Florida State and Auburn and uh, will be committing on the traditional signing day. Josh, um, I, I think this is a pretty big loss not getting him uh, on early signing day. Yeah, 100% it's a big loss, but uh, Florida State's known for a while that grades were an issue. We've talked about it on here numerous times, and I think it's smart that the staff isn't going to sign, they're not going to send him any paperwork if he's not going to qualify. Like, make sure he's qualified, and then you send him the paperwork and make sure he gets it signed so you don't end up with a situation like a Manny Rogers where you end up losing a, a scholarship for the class because you sent someone a paperwork, he signed it, and then he didn't qualify. Josh just made a really important point. Um, we didn't quite know how this staff was going to handle qualifying risks because they've had, you know, they're in the last class, they were kind of backs against the wall kind of thing. So they didn't have the luxury. Now they have the luxury and you, you pretty much fall one of two ways. You can either send the paperwork, get the kids signed and hope that he qualifies and gamble on that scholarship. Or you can withhold the scholarship and say, hey, you need to take care of business in the classroom. Once you do, we're sending you that scholarship. And I am a big fan of the latter, not the former. Because um, like Josh said, you get burned in the former. And uh, we've also seen that it's very, very rare that if you sign and place a kid in a certain community college, a lot of times they don't come back. And so to me, there's really no reason to have them sign early if you don't know for a fact they're gonna qualify. So it's good to know that the staff um, preaches accountability in the locker room and all that kind of stuff. They also preach accountability in the classroom for prospects who have yet to sign as well. And just a quick update that Marquise Gilbert has officially committed to Auburn. There you go. There you go. There you go. All right. Uh, I, I know we're going to be coming to a close here in just a few minutes. Uh, I did want to kind of do some speed uh, commitment thoughts here. Uh, I, I think if we're all honest, David is the optimist of the group. <laughs> I'm the pessimist of the group and Josh is kind of like the neutral realist of the group. So although, although everyone at Tomahawk Nation thinks I'm a wet blanket. <laughs> oh yeah. You're so mean, Josh. <laughs> it's the kale coming out of you. But, um, <laughs> I think what I want to do is I, I'm just going to give a name. Uh, David, you'll go first. Josh, you'll go second. If I uh, feel like inserting, I'll insert myself as well. Uh, on where we think some names are going to end up. So uh, let's just start off with, uh, with, with, I just have to say his name, Travis Hunter. David, it, it's been flirted with that he's going to Georgia. But uh, David, where's Travis Hunter going? Atlanta Braves. <laughs> just kidding. Florida State. <laughs> Josh. Yeah, David calls him a six star, which kind of makes sense if you add up his DB and wide receiver skills. But yeah, he's 100% null. Yeah, I saw that some, some kid recorded the video asking him to go to Georgia after the uh, state title game. And he said, no way, Florida State. So <laughs> thinking, thinking better luck state. next time, kid. <laughs> All right. Uh, David, uh, Azariah Thomas. Florida State. Josh. Yep. Knowles. 
Yep, looking that way. Uh, Julian Armello, David? The train's pulling into the station, baby. He's going to be a Florida State Seminole. Josh? Great job by Coach Atkins and company getting Julian Armella to come home. Yep, uh, Florida State. Uh, let's make it a little bit harder here, David, Kevin Coleman. So, again, if Dillingham stays, he's a Seminole. If Dillingham leaves, he's, I don't think he's going to go to Florida State. I, I, would, I would venture to guess maybe Southern Cal. Ooh, Josh? Yeah, kind of what David said. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, maybe Oregon if Dillingham says that he's going to Oregon. Maybe Coleman follows him out there. Uh, David, Nigel Kelly? Uh, Miami. All right, Josh? Canes. Yep. Uh, still kind of in the picture, but most likely not. David, Travion Williams? I'm going to say Mississippi State. Yeah. Josh? Yeah, fighting leeches, probably, sadly. <laughs> oh, fighting leeches. Oof. Fighting leeches, yeah. Uh, Jared Verse. Florida State. Josh? Uh, I think the Knolls hold off a ton of suitors and get Verse just because of the production from Jermaine Johnson and Kier Thomas and the fact that those guys were on campus when he was able to visit. I think that was massive. Okay. Uh, Miles Frazier. Not Florida State. <laughs> the field we'll take the field <laughs> josh yeah lsu or ohio state yeah he's got uh some big announcement tonight at 8 30 that he's saying so i'll be kind of curious what's going to go probably some there. top five or whatever yeah um or a little junior oh, i really want to say florida state but it's all the signs point to alabama i think miami has actually made up some ground with him but uh, as long as Alabama has a spot for him, it's going to be Alabama. Josh? Ditto. Yeah. Uh, same, same here. Uh, Kendrick Law. Uh, another one. I was really hoping that Kendrick Law would fall into Florida State's lap. Um, but Brian Kelly has LSU back in the thick of things, and Alabama is still there. So he's, he's going to end up at one of those two schools. Josh? LSU. Yeah, LSU is who I was thinking as well. Although I, I really think Florida State may have missed out a little bit on not pitching wide receiver harder to him. Agree, uh, agree. Because I, I think he could come here and, and be in the rotation starting probably, you know, especially if he was an early enrollee. All right, uh, the big one, Marvin Jones Jr. So I'm going to say 51-49 FSU. Josh? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of negativity out there in Florida State circles, and now it's going to be Alabama. You can't beat Nick Saban. I just think, A, no one knows. Like, this kid has just done a very good job as a recruitment. He doesn't really blob, you know, all the time to the media, look at me, blah, blah, blah. You kept, think his kept, dad even knows, Josh? No. Yeah, I don't either. I think he, maybe his mom knows, but that's it. Yeah, I think he's, he's done a very good job. He's kept things very close to the vest, but I do think that Florida State's done an amazing job in their recruitment. They've got him on campus multiple times. And I think whether or not he chooses Florida State, I think Florida State did a great job recruiting the mom. Um, she considers Florida State family, as she's mentioned a couple times. And I'm going to say Florida State, but obviously I wouldn't be surprised if it was Alabama. Yeah, yeah don't buy the Georgia hype. Don't buy the – I can't even remember – Oklahoma or whatever. I can't even imagine. It's, it's either Alabama or FSU. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the guy. I'm gonna say Alabama. So, That's okay. Uh, it's not a bad guess. It, this we'll is truly. It's yeah. gonna be a toss up. Yeah. And and, and what's right. funny about it is it seems like 
a lot of FSU people think it's Alabama, but a lot of Alabama people are convinced that it's FSU. Which, which is really the more important thing. Like, you know, you're not really too concerned about what FSU thinks, but if Alabama doesn't think it's them, yeah. but then again, maybe it's just a kid that, again, doesn't really kind of doesn't have those loose lips and keeps things close to the vest and nobody knows. Uh, all right, last, last name. Kenny Dillingham. <laughs> God, how about Tyree West? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ty- I Tyree like Tyree West, West better. He's going to be Florida State Seminole. <laughs> Sorry, I, I think I was already uh, foregone conclusion thinking he was coming there. All right, uh, Josh, Tyree West. Yeah, Florida State. All right, and okay. and again, a similar situation to Azariah Thomas in that Florida State never gave up. They kept after Tyree West, and when Georgia's class kind of filled up on the defensive interior, it was like, well. What do you think? This is close to home, and you can come in here and be an instant impact guy. And and yeah. great job by the staff. Great job by Kenyatta Watson with some relationships there. And um, yeah, I, I think that Tyree West is going to be a Noel come signing day. All right, Got this it. is where I don't usually take shots at pay sites or anything like that, and I don't usually hype up Tomahawk Nation as we did this, but nobody else did because I think our results and our work speaks for itself. How many times did you see the pay sites say things like? Stop talking about Tyree West. Tyree West isn't going to happen. It's like Mean Girls. If you've seen Mean Girls, quit trying to make Fetch happen. Fetch isn't going to happen. We always said, keep an eye on Tyree West. They're going to get him on campus. They're going to get him on campus. And what did they do? They got him on campus. They got him on campus multiple times. And now he's going to be a seminal. Good job, Tomahawk Nation. You, you, you definitely led that charge. I always said that he was pro-Georgia. If Georgia didn't have room and... Florida State got him on campus, then 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 come back to me. But I was always kind of like, yeah, because he never yeah. really he he did a good job early of kind of keeping things close to the vest too. And then like I'm a Georgia commitment, Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. But but again, Florida State capitalized when when Georgia didn't have room, and it is nice to see those kind of things happen. And remember a, f- a few months ago on a podcast when I said 50 percent or greater blue chips, and I think Tim was like, no, no chance. And all of a sudden, I'm pessimist. Yeah, all of a sudden those knolls are creeping up towards that 50 percent number, Timbo. Yeah, uh, you're, you're gonna right. I'll, I'll gladly eat my words on that. Gladly. Well, um, before I kind of pimp the side out, Josh, David, anything else uh, that you you guys wanted to cover tonight? So uh, we've got some good stuff coming up. Um, we're gonna have sort of a uh, early signing period hub. Um, and it's going to have links to all of the signing articles for all the, uh, the prospects, the commits, um, we're going to track where everybody's going. And so we'll have that up. And then we're also going to do, um, something that's really, really a lot of fun. We're going to do a crossover podcast with the triple option guys. Um, and Tim, you're going to be hosting it, right? That's what I heard. Nice. That's what the people will come for. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to do that. That kind of uh, kind of wraps up the, the first day of early signing period and what else to look for. Um, something I think is going to be really interesting to follow aside from all the coaching rumors and speculation is, are there any kids, any top prospects or borderline top prospects who decide, you know what, there's too much uncertainty right now. I want to see how the coaching carousel, you know, settles do they delay until February? Because almost every year since the early signing period has happened, there have been some surprises on kids who have decided not to sign early. And what we see happen is they become real popular all of a sudden. Um, Three stars get treated like five stars because there's limited spots and there's limited prospects. So 
in addition to the transfer portal kids that everybody's going to be keeping an eye on, keep an eye on kids who may decide to push back their signing. And if FSU reassesses things and says, you know what, let's go after some of these guys could be very interesting to see. Yeah, hopefully uh, right now, Florida state's expecting everybody, but Woody, I think to sign early, uh, obviously it won't enroll early, um, but hopefully all that works out and Florida state's able to bring in a good class. Uh, like David said, Tomahawk nation is going to have everything covered. We've been working hard over the last few days to get a lot of our pre-writes set up. Uh, hopefully everything goes smoothly. And, and hopefully uh, on Wednesday, you know, around six o'clock, Josh, I'll have to publicly somewhere apologize for not expecting 50% <laughs> blue chip. And, and you can, uh, I don't know, force me to eat kale or something like that, man. Oh, God, don't do that. No comment. <laughs> but no it, it rejoice Seminole fans this is a fun time of year FSU is going to get some good news I know that people especially in this fan base have a tendency to focus on the negative because we've been jilted so many times but good news is coming there's going to be some awesome signings and regardless of how things shake out I think that Mike Norville and his staff are going to send a message to the rest of the nation that they can recruit with the big boys and people are always upset about Jay Sean Corbin turning pro and whatnot obviously he's a talented player but just another number that Florida State churns, and they're going to be able to bring on a newcomer in this class. And it'll be interesting to see how many more guys Florida State can get to move on and what that breakdown is in high scores and grad transfers for this class. Yeah, and I think one thing to keep in mind, if Florida State closes with Tyree West, Julian Armella, and Azariah Thomas, and no other new names, that is insane that is still a great close yeah still a great close so keep that in mind everybody uh if things don't shake out everything florida state but hey maybe maybe we can all be david stout on wednesday and uh optimism wins out (laughs) and and we've talked about it among ourselves countless times but just because florida state's had guys in the fold for for months or years or whatnot like don't forget about those guys on signing day like if Florida State all of a sudden, if it was between Florida State and Georgia for Travis Hunter and Travis Hunter chose Florida State on signing day, like that would be the biggest news in the nation. And like it's not going to happen on signing day, but it happened a year and a half ago or whatever, right. and Florida State's able to hold on to him. Like that's huge. And Florida State's mm-hmm. able to hold on, you know, get a Sam McCall and hold on to Sam McCall. And the offensive line class that Alex Atkins has brought in and able to hold on to those guys is amazing. It's just like – just because they're already there, don't take them for granted. I know the Florida State staff didn't, and it's paid off, but the fans shouldn't as well. I'm glad that Sick Pick brought that up. I mean, that's a lot. We take for granted the names on the list, but literally the coaches are fighting every day. They're fighting off, you know, scavengers to try to get those kids. And one quick shout out I, I, I do want to say too is, you know, we talk about like Nigel Kelly and Kevin Coleman and Besant and all these guys who Miami's bringing in. How about Daughtry Richardson? You know they've reached out to him, but he's like, nah, I'm going to be a Florida State Seminole. He's an oak. Good job, Daughtry. We're excited to have you in Knoll Country. Did you just drop a sick pick on us? Sick pick. <laughs> Josh, do you have a retort? Never. <laughs> <laughs> he's too classy right. of a gentleman. All right. Well, let's look forward to uh, early signing day. Excited to see what, it, what happens. Leave us a five-star Give us a good review. Check us out wherever you listen to the podcast. And as always, check out Tomahawk Nation for David Stout for Josh Pick. I am Tim Allenball, and let's keep climbing.